Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me, your host, Matt Kennett. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Mub Club. Uh, we have a great show for you guys tonight. We have my friend Marlene on the show. We're talking about Harry Potter and the Wizarding World. Uh, yes, uh, if you guys have never heard of Harry Potter, you've come to the right place. We really break it down for you. Um, there's a lot that goes into this world that uh, J.K. Rowling has created. And uh, yeah, um, a really good conversation here. Um, I personally, I think, I think I'm a Ravenclaw. Um, you know, sound out in the comments what you guys are. Uh, very interested to see. But anyway, before we get into this episode, I want to share a couple things what's going on with Hip Dad Radio. First off, the fall season of Hip Dad Radio 2020 is live now. That means you can listen to the fall season playlist uh, on our Spotify playlist, or excuse me, our Spotify page, or on our YouTube page. So uh, look up Hip Dead Radio on Spotify or YouTube and, you know, follow us. Um, And you can listen to all the songs that uh, the Hip Dead Radio DJs are listening to this fall. Uh, Yeah, next up, this is not the only show on Hip Dead Radio. We got lots of other shows live on our Twitch channel. Um, Like, this show is normally live, but then I edit it and then put it on the podcast apps for you guys to listen to later. Um, But yeah, we also got the LP Lounge, which is a new show from Hip Dead Radio DJ Reed Rinaldi, where he interviews artists around town. Um, This, I don't know, like five episodes out right now, and they're awesome. So definitely listen to that. Uh, yeah, but we also have like live shows going on just about every day, every night on Hip Dead Radio. If you go on our Twitch channel, somebody's probably on there playing music, doing something cool. But yeah, that's about it, guys. Enjoy the episode. Uh, thanks for being on the show, Marlene. This is sick. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is my first appearance on Appearance, my first time on Hip Dead, and I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, sick. Um, is it really your first time? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I might have been in, like, the background of a phone call before. I've been pretty active on the chat, but that's about it. Huh. Okay. Well, well welcome uh, to your first um, official episode. This is super Thank cool. You. Um, we're talking about Harry Potter tonight. Um, that we are. That's right. Um, so, Marlene, why did you choose Harry Potter as your topic? Um, honestly, it's really something that I know a lot about. And if you ask most any question, I would feel competent enough to answer it. Um, and also it's a phenomenal series that offers a lot of insights into the way, um, the world works and, uh, different theories going out there. And it's a goal of mine to write a Harry Potter and social work book for working with kids too. So I just, I love it so much. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's a great reason. Um, yeah, I like how you said you said like uh, people can interpret it in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it it um it can be interpreted different ways, but also it allows uh, for such like a deep connection with the world and the way that the world is built that uh, a lot of people find themselves imagining themselves as a character in this world and allowing them to to feel and experience different things that they don't normally in real life. Yeah, is that, well, it's, I mean, when you think about, like, movies and books, um, people read them to to escape and, like, have a different reality, and, I mean, Harry Potter is very much of a story about, you know, I mean, it's it's a kid who doesn't fit in, um, and then ends up being, obviously, like, the chosen one, you know, you know, it's, it's a classic tale, 
you know, of a hero, you know, it's very cool. Yeah, the, the hero's journey is definitely very present um, in Harry Potter. Interesting. Okay, well, cool. Well, um, yeah, I, um, so Marlene, you have um, read all the books, correct? I've read all of the books uh, twice, and I've listened to the audiobooks twice as well, and I'm about to start reading them again. Wow. It's from, from the... So you start it at uh, book one, Sorcerer's Stone, right? Absolutely. Um, and then end on, uh, what's the last one called? I don't even remember. Deathly Hollows. Deathly Hollows, right. What yeah. would you say is your favorite book? Ooh, um, I would have to say by far my favorite book is book three, which is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Such a great, uh, even the movie, I would say, is also my, those are my two favorite really? um, of the two. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, um, that's a good one. Um, well, the thing is about that one, it's such a different change from the first two books and movies, you know? Yeah, it really, uh, you really start to see, like, Harry and Hermione and Ron, that trio start to grow up. And um, it's also the first time that Voldemort doesn't attack, like, right at the end of the book. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, and the, I think the, um, <laughs> you, you want to hear my opinion. <laughs> I don't yeah, think you're gonna like it though. It's um, my favorite. I like the first two movies a lot. My opinion. I just like. Well, the thing is, I just like how like cheerful they are. You know what I mean? But I. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just I like how um, because uh, I like the music, the John Williams soundtrack, and I feel like you don't hear that as much in the the other ones, you know. Yeah, they definitely, um, John Williams is really present in the first two to three movies, and then they use his themes in the later movies because they're more focused on action. But you know what's really great about the first two movies is that it was primarily filmed before CGI, so a lot of the magic that you see is actually machines that they had to build in order for it to like function and look like magic instead of just doing it in CGI later. Um, so that's like really magical about the first two. Yeah, it's it is. I, I I do get really impressed like with movies that are able to um, actually use like practical effects. Like Star Wars does that too, especially the new Star Wars movies. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, it's cool to see. Um, yeah, because like they really have to like go go through some stuff to like make some of that magic work and. Um, and like the the actual setting, like in the castle and stuff, like it's a real castle, you know. And yeah. Uh, it's a it's a cool. Um, yeah, I've never been, but I'm sure. I, I think it's filmed in like different locations. I don't think it's actually a real castle, Hogwarts, right? Yeah, there. Uh, each kind of room is a different castle setting all over Europe and the UK, um, and yeah, like the. Platform nine and three quarters is like in the heart of London, but a lot of the castles are in like Ireland and um, Scotland and all of that area. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I remember my sister when she was, um, she did one of those like people to people or something like that. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like one of those things when you're a kid, like they ship you off to another country to live there for like a week or two. Whoa, that's so people. cool. Yeah, it was pretty, it was, yeah, it was a cool experience for her. I didn't do it, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember she came back with all these cool pictures of her at, like, these castles. And I was like, what? And it's like, that's where Harry Potter is. Like, there were, like, pictures of certain scenes. I was super jealous. So, 
Yeah, I love when people go to the filming locations and, and recreate, uh, like, the scene in the movie there and, and take the actual photos. I think that's so cool. Oh, like the, what about, like, nine, platform nine and three quarters? Like, that's pretty good. Yeah, and the, the Quidditch field where they film um, Harry's first flying uh, lesson is also another really popular spot. Okay. Okay. That like that little garden. Yeah, literally a little garden. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Hey, well, Andrew Brandell in the chat says movie three is the best. Yeah, movie three is absolutely the best. Yeah, movie three is pretty good. I don't know. It's just not as quite as cheery, you know. You know, you feel really happy watching the first two, you know. Yeah, that is true. Um, and they're also like still very much children in those, so you get to see all their their little fumbles. And like um, Emma Watson, who plays Hermione Granger, uh, was so into her character and so into the set that you can often see her mouthing other characters' lines as they're saying them throughout the filming. Really? And, yeah, they took so many takes, and she was just mouthing oh, them in all of them that funny. they yeah they really tried to minimize it, but you can catch it still in some of them. Really, that's interesting. Um, yeah, she like kills it in that movie, like, especially in the early ones. Yeah, um, for like a child actor, it's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, honestly, all three of them as child actors are uh, they they did pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to think about like handling that fame too. Like that is, I mean, obviously, like child actors, you know, you look at like I don't know, like Michael Jackson or something, or somebody like somebody famous when they're young, and there's always famous like that um i don't know that's just like an interesting life that you yeah. sign up for right and it's really interesting how each of them went and took their fame like um right after harry potter uh part eight was done or harry potter seven part two was done filming uh emma watson cut off all of her hair that was signature to hermione and went and did a bunch of drastically different roles to differentiate herself in the um, acting community, and then she joined what, like the the UN or something, some woman's uh, international group, and um, what's his name, Daniel Radcliffe. He also went and did a whole bunch of different roles to differentiate himself. But Rupert Grint kind of didn't. He he kind of stayed back, and then is that Ron? He, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, Rupert Grint is Ron. <laughs> He uh, did a TV show recently for a streaming service, and I only was able to get through, like, half of the first episode. He played this, like, completely jerk of a character. <laughs> he didn't really play it well either, so... Um, but he's got a, a brand new baby as of, like, two weeks ago. Oh, good for him. Yeah, he's he's made a life for himself. Well, That's Daniel, sure. if you're listening to the program, congrats. Rupert. Yeah. Oh, that's Rupert you're talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the other guy. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, congrats, Rupert. Uh, yeah, on your baby. We'll have to have you on the show sometime. Yeah, shout out to Rupert. Yeah. Interesting. I never knew that guy's name. Interesting. Um, well, yeah. Um, yeah, there's... Um, I mean, Harry Potter is a huge franchise. Um, they've had books movies they've had video games you ever play the video games um so yes i've played the gamecube chamber of secrets and wow um that I game actually really like that game it was so so well done so good but they're like some of the quote boss battles are actually really challenging yeah um i, I don't know i don't remember the boss battles but 
Yeah, I definitely played the first two. I, I remember playing, yeah, the Chamber of Secrets on the GameCube, and um, that one was actually really fun. Um, and um, I played the, the Sorcerer's Stone on my computer. Oh um, yeah, nice. Which is interesting. And in order to do the, um, in order to do the spells, you would actually have to, uh, like, click and draw the lines instead of like moving your wand. <laughs> Right? Yeah. yeah, they got really creative with that. Uh, I think actually like three or four months ago, I started playing um, Prisoner of Azkaban on the GameCube and made it a few chapters in and then took a took a pause for um, some other video games. But yeah, have you uh, played the Lego Harry Potter games? Um, a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I played a little bit. My brother played them a lot and I like watched him play it. But yeah, they look good. Those are so well done, and uh, if you buy the version on the Wii, you also have to trace the spells with the Wii remote, which is pretty challenging. Um, so <laughs> That's I, pretty cool. Yes, for <laughs> <laughs> Cool little gimmick there. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, one of my questions, actually, for you is, do you know any proper wand movements for spells? Um, I don't. If I owned a wand... I probably would, but I think Akio or Asio, however you say it, um, it depends on where you're from. It's just like a like a circle in the air, but I could be completely wrong. Okay. What about Lingardian Leviosa? Oh, the swish and flick. Swish and flick. Yeah, that's it. Easy. How how old are these kids when they started Hogwarts? Um, 11. You get your letter when you're 11, and then you start um, on September 1st of that year. Oh, okay, wow. That's some information. Wow, that's pretty That's pretty knowledgeable. Yeah, and you know what else? In the books and in J.K. Rowling's canon outside of the books, she never talks about any wizard-born uh, child getting an education before the age of 11. Huh, okay. That's interesting. So it's like, what are they doing for the first ten years of their life? Well, yeah, the you're right. They're just kids. They're learning. They're math. just hanging out. Yeah, right. And they're just in their, their backyard. Parents are probably like, Jesus, like get this kid out of here. <laughs> yeah, like when are they going to be eleven? That is interesting. They probably go to they they get to Hogwarts and they're probably like stupid as dumb as rocks. <laughs> you would think, but like none of the at least in the Harry Potter uh, series, like none of them present that way. Yeah. Um, well, Hermione was like a genius like when she came in. Yeah, but she was she was born from two muggle parents, right? So she went through all of the like pre-K, elementary school, and middle school um, until she turned 11 and got the letter that she was a witch. Hmm. Interesting. Smart cookie, that Hermione. Hmm. Well, um... Awesome. Who is your? Who would you say your favorite character is? Honestly, I knew you were going to ask this question, and honestly, it kind of changes every time I read the book. Um, Sirius Black has been like a high contender for a really long time. Um, I think he's like a, a really great addition, and uh, love that Harry finally has um, what he feels like as a father figure to him. Um, Otherwise, like, Hagrid is a classic. He's he's a hoot who is just, like, trying to do good by everyone. 
um, but like really makes a lot of mistakes. But he's so like hearty and lovely that he's, you got. I feel like Hagrid him. is so relatable, you know. Yeah, how do you relate to him? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like he's <laughs> he's he's just trying to do his best, you know. He's just out there in the woods, you know, you know, being being a nice guy. I mean, he doesn't even teach any classes. He does. He doesn't like he's, early on though, right? He teaches um, care of magical creatures, and he teaches like all of the magical creatures that they have in the Forbidden Forest, and he's got relationships with all of the centaurs and yeah. Uh, the but in the, in the first couple like uh, uh, books and movies, he, he he's he's not doing that, right? He's just kind of like a dude living in the woods, right? He's he's doing it, but he's not doing it for Harry, Ron, and Hermione because they're not old enough yet to take oh, that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, so he's just, just see that. to that. That's yeah. Cool. Um, oh, that's interesting. Well, I don't know. What I, I feel like, I feel like there are so many times where he like doesn't really tell like the truth, but then like it's kind of caught into like his mistakes. Um, I can't really give you an example. I don't remember, but I feel like <laughs> I don't know. He like hides. Isn't he have, like a little like a brother that's like a, a big giant? You know, something like that. Yeah, I, I the brother's name is like Grop or something, and yeah, he hides the brother. He also like wins or buys a black market dragon that he keeps in his hut like he does he does stuff like that yeah he does like all this sketchy stuff but then like he ends up getting caught for it and he like owns up to it and everyone like forgives him and it's like yeah because he's a nice guy and he's like you know i you know i don't know (laughs) i don't know if i see that in myself but you know you know we've all been in situations like that and we can relate you know yeah absolutely yeah freaking haggard good guy He's doing his best. I'm, I'm glad he found love with that one woman too in the fourth one. Yeah, right. But uh, isn't she? She's also a giant, but I don't remember if she was like a half giant or uh, a full giant. Huh. She was just a big woman. <laughs> I think that's what she was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was in the in some sort of giant category, but I could be wrong. Yeah, um, you, you're probably your favorite? Me. I'm just saying stuff. Who's your favorite character? Um, I don't know. Like, Hagrid's pretty cool. Um, what's the the kid with the orb? Um, Neville. Neville's pretty chill. He, he, I like, his. he's got a good arc, you know? He's kind of a shy, but then he kind of becomes a badass in the end, you know? He's got a great arc, and he does not get a lot of, like fame and fortune from it and he like neville needs to be talked about more than he is absolutely yeah um totally i'm trying to think uh other people um um well obviously there's harry and hermione there's yeah well everyone loves those guys and well there's dumbledore and snape and uh draco malfoy the dursley family um the weasley family What about, um, uh, what's Harry's uncle's name? Uh, do you mean, like, Vernon Dursley? Yeah, yeah, those people, yeah, those people. Are yeah, they are evil. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, those, <laughs> they're I hilarious. Think 101. Yeah, that, that, yeah, they made him, like, sleep in that little, like, uh, under the stairs like that. That was so messed up. Yeah, and what's even more messed up is that his Aunt Petunia like actively knows and acknowledges that the reason Harry is in their house is because if 
he's not, then he will be killed, and subsequently they will be killed. But yet, like, she's still treating like that, him like... Wow, that's really why? That's crazy. Yeah, and she knows this the whole time, and yet she's not standing up to Vernon. She's letting him just, like, walk all over him and dictate when he gets to eat and sleep, and it's just absolutely she, awful. she's kind of like an a-hole to him, too, right? She's kind of what? She, she kind of, like, is an asshole to him, too, right? Um, she, she's a lot more passive in her treatment of Harry. Um, she, like, definitely follows the orders of Vernon and uh, is, like... Um, she kind of does have a redemption arc at the end, though, where she has an opportunity to make a decision that's in Harry's favor, and she does make the decision. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I, I don't really remember her character super well. Um, but yeah, I always thought that Vernon was a pretty hilarious character. Um, what do you think of Dobby, the, the elf? Oh my gosh, I hated Dobby when he first had his appearance because it, he was just like screwing over Harry who needed to be quiet. But, yeah. um, I really love the, the friendship and the growth that happens, the growth together that happens between Harry, Ron and Hermione and Dobby. Um, I think that that ends up being really powerful and Dobby ends up saving their lives. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they do. She does. Right. Yeah. Doesn't Dobby, I mean, spoilers. Doesn't Dobby die? Yeah, Dobby literally takes a knife for Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Wow, beautiful! A knife to the to the chest. It, yeah, it's it was a it was a gruesome scene in both the book and the movies. Do you think if you were living uh, in the Wizarding World, you'd have a house elf? Um, I don't think I would have a house elf. Uh, I think that I would probably know house elves, but I think that in this day and age. Um, that house elves would not be, like, creatures or a species that are still owned by witches and wizards. I think that because they're sentient, we would have, they would have, like, gained their freedom and would be able to live in society freely. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely about the, you know, freeing the elves. Yeah, you would, you would be a part of Hermione's SPEW organization. Yeah. Did she do that? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, so it, it's weird that she's, like, the first witch or wizard to ever, like, try to do house elf freedom. Um, but, yeah, she starts this organization called SPEW, um, and she gets really angry when people call it SPEW. And uh, I don't remember what it stands for, but she it's pretty much her trying to liberate the house elves, but she's doing it in, like, really hazardous and hilarious ways. Um, so it doesn't work in her favor, but uh, it gets the house elves to really like her, and then they help her in the end. We got Andrew Brandell in the chat room. He says, if Bas Basilisk Venom destroyed a Horcrux, why didn't it destroy the one in Harry when the snake bit him in the Chamber of Secrets? Matt, I got a whole discussion on the plot holes in Harry Potter coming up. All right, we'll save that one. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that one, Brando. But if you have anything else you wanna say about Harry Potter, you know, bring it up. Marlene is very uh, one with nature. 
you say that's correct? Uh, sometimes I definitely am. Um, other times nature and Marlene don't really get along. That photo was actually my after photo after an 1,800-mile uh, expedition. 18, so wait, I think how I was long? 1,800 miles. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my yeah, God. So, how long were you there? Where were um, you? That took us about 57 days. Uh, my brother and I and a team of seven others paddled the Yukon River from start to finish. So that starts in... Um, British wow. Columbia, Canada goes up through Yukon Territory, Canada, and then all the way west across Alaska. That is so rock and roll. Man, that, I, I've already talked to you a billion times about this, but that is like my dream to do that. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> Holy cow. We're heading up to Alaska soon, right? I, well, I was planning on it, but then this COVID thing happened, so I don't know. Yeah, true. I mean, flights are super cheap right now. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's just go. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I'm booking the flight tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. I was really trying to get a trip down to Alaska. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a very like outdoorsy guy, um, and it's uh, I know not all of my friends are like that. Uh, I grew up as a Boy Scout, as you know, Marlene, and um, uh, I've been I love going on like really big trips where it's just you your backpack and nature, you know, it's, you know, that kind of trip, like totally interests me. Um, yeah. But, you, yeah. You get into this like daily routine, especially on long trips where, where it's so simple and yet so rewarding, um, uh, where, yeah, it's just, it's has like a way of being in nature that's so fulfilling and healing. Yeah, definitely. Um, just like being like, all you see is nature. There's nothing like man-made around you. It's just um, uh, like there's no people around. Like um, I don't know. It's just so cool to get away from um, the hustle and bustle of everyday life. Um, makes you appreciate um, other things a little bit more. I don't know. The little things. But anyway, um, big into nature myself. Um, but yeah, like. Like you said, you know, sometimes nature in Mac Canada doesn't get along, you know. Like if a bird poops on my head, you know, I don't know. That's not that awesome. But, you know, that's life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I can't say I've ever had a bird poop on my head, but uh, no, the biggest times that nature and Marlene don't get along is um, with, like, pretty severe sunburn. Um, I'm, I'm healing from a sunburn right now, and I've got, like, a beautiful farmer's tan and uh COVID-19 mask tan going on um so yeah it's it's a look nice yeah it's a look um <laughs> yeah all my friends um got sunburned the other day they went to a uh one of the rallies downtown and they all got so burned um Luke our friend Luke Sharkey got totally burned he's because he's so pale he's just like a red he's just a red mess he's a tomato yeah love that guy but, um, all right, okay, let's start talking about Harry Potter again. That's what we're here to talk about. We're tackling <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Harry Potter. Um, yeah, so I think what else we could ask. Um, okay, your so favorite you favorite know... spell? I, have a, I do want to ask that. Yeah, my favorite spell, I mean, 
the really lazy side of me would say like Akio, the one where you can just bring anything towards you and like immediately then I would never have to like leave my bed. I could just say like Akio breakfast and my breakfast would come flying through the door somehow is that to how get that works? To it's just food. Is that what <laughs> yeah, it does? That's, yeah, that's a, that one is just like uh yeah, it, even from far away like at one point Harry is in the middle of the Triwizard tournament in book 4 and he's like Akio broom and his broom comes flying from like miles away to come save him and so uh, I think as long as you know in your head where an object is, it will get to you. Wow, that's kind of cool. That sounds very convenient. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know a lot of the spells. What's the one that kills people? Uh, uh, one of the dark art spells. I think it's um, crucify is the one where it like tortures the person from the inside out. Um, I can't. <laughs> what? What does that mean? You're literally, like, torturing someone from the inside. You're, like, me- messing with their brain. Wow. Uh, the one that... <laughs> Yikes. Right? Well, um, that sounds terrifying. Andrew Brandell in the chat says, <laughs> Is there a spell for growing a nose? Someone should tell Voldemort. Okay, honestly, plot hole number one right there. If Hermione yeah. was able to uh, make her teeth smaller in order when by Madame Pomfrey who made her teeth smaller, Voldemort should be able to grow a nose and Harry shouldn't have to have glasses. Like, what? Yeah, that is weird. Maybe Voldemort likes not having a nose. I mean, he, he has, like, holes, right? He has, like, holes in his... Yeah. Why does he look like that, anyway? So... You know about the Horcruxes, right? Yeah. Well, tell the tell the audience if they don't know the Horcruxes. So uh, Voldemort, in order to uh, maintain his livelihood and or- and in order to like keep opportunities for him to keep destroying the Earth, splits his soul into seven potentially more different pieces, and he uh, he like hides them all over the Wizarding world and. Because he split his soul into seven pieces, his actual body, like, took that kind of damage. So that's why he's, like, super pale, can't grow any hair, is pretty, like, bony and scaly, and has no nose. What's, what is Voldemort's goal? Like, what does he want to do? Just kill people? Honestly, great question. Um... So his number one goal is to destroy Harry Potter because the prophecy that we find about find out about in book six, I believe, states that either Harry has to kill Voldemort or Voldemort has to kill Harry. So that's his main goal throughout the series. But I think his ultimate goal is um, like genocide of the Mudbloods. He doesn't want any like non-magic non-fully magic people living in the magical world so he would want to kill someone like Hermione who had two quote-unquote human parents and yet she turned out magical like she's not valid in his mind oh okay Hmm. you know that's where Voldemort and I disagree I think Hermione (laughs) is wonderful and uh she deserves to be in the wizarding world you know and the rest of the mud bloods is that like some sort of like slur or like like what is that like 
Is that uh, what they actually call them? Mudbloods? It sounds terrible. Yeah, mudblood is is the slur used to deter to like say when someone doesn't have pure blood. So they're not from two magical parents. Is there like a like a you know appropriate way to t- address that? Uh, saying, really like good. the slur it sounds because I feel like in the movies they always say that. Like you'll see like Dumbledore say that, you know. Yeah, I would say <laughs> it's kind of weird. So, um, which book is it? Is it book six or book five or six where it's like Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince? Um, that's book six. So Half Blood, I guess, would be the the proper way to say it. Oh, okay, Half Blood. Okay. But who, who is the Half Blood Prince? We have to define this. I know. Who's the Half Blood Prince? Is that like Snape? Yeah. Spoiler alert, everyone. All right. It's well, you know what, guys. You know. <laughs> all right. Before going any forward, if you're if you're not listening live, go pause this. Or if you're listening live, you know, end it, just leave. You know, go read all the books, go watch all the movies, then come back, watch later. You know. Or you know, we'll just tell you what happens. Whatever, it's cool too. <laughs> it's up to you. So if you watch, so for all of those viewers who don't want spoiler alerts, you need to allot yourself like 19 hours and. Um, like some change of minutes in order to watch all the movies from start to finish, including credits. So that's like bathroom breaks and snack breaks and whatnot. But allot yourself a whole 19 and a half hours for that one. And then get back to us, please. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there are long movies. Well, there's also a part one and part two of the, the last one. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that Harry Potter started that trend of splitting up the final movie into two parts. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't really remember a movie before that, that happening. I mean, you have like Avengers do that. Um, they kind of did that, and um, trying to, I don't even. What other movies do that? Like part one, part two, like that. Um, Twilight does it. Oh, yeah. um, that's actually I, all I can think I of. I feel like it has to be from like a book. For them to do that because then they have a reason um, right yeah usually I, mean, I i learned the other day that the hobbit was one book that got turned into three movies yeah that is interesting um well the thing is like i i feel like in some of the later books in harry potter like those books were starting to get really long right and, um, you know, I think they tried to jam a lot of content into the movies, and they think they missed some things, didn't they? Oh, most definitely. Uh, how does that make you feel? I mean, when I mean, you grew up reading the books before the movies, right? Um, I actually read all of the books. The first time I read them, it took me about two weeks, and I, like, sped read them in order to see the premiere of Harry Potter 7 Part 1. Um, and then... I saw it, and then I like uh, the next year. I, I was doing a yearly reading at the time. The next year, then I, it took me about a month and a half to read through them all. And um, honestly, I'm one of those people that would have preferred that they did like a ten season TV series on the books instead of movies. I think that they could have really built the world up a lot more if they did a TV series. Yeah, you're right. Um, I just don't think. I don't know. They, they didn't have things... Like, there wasn't, like, shows like uh, Game of Thrones that just had these huge budgets back then. Um, yeah, really. Game of Thrones paved the way. Yeah, they they definitely paved the way for those. I mean, now you have shows like, you know, Westworld and, like, all the... Like, 
like they throw a lot of money to make these shows look really good now. Um, so like every episode's like a movie, you know. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think they probably would have done that today. Um, if it was you know coming out today. Who knows? Matt, I've got some questions for you. Yeah, just lay it on me. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) So you know how at age 11, when they first get to Hogwarts, they sort 11-year-olds based on their supposed personality traits at the time into four houses, which are Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin, Hufflepuff. Uh, Which house would you be? Right. Um, I think I've taken the online test. Oh, yeah. And I there's think, so many. I know. I'm sure there's so many. I take it one of them, <laughs> I guess. But I, I took one of them, and I got uh, uh, Ravenclaw. Nice. What does yeah, that mean about me? Do you know? So Ravenclaw's personality traits are wisdom, intellectual, sharp-minded, logical, and creative. I think creative is pretty accurate. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, logical. Um, sharp-minded. That's one. I'm definitely sharp-minded. Um, all right. Well, enough about me, Marlene. What house are you? Would you be in? What? I don't know if you've taken one of these tests. Have you taken the test? Um, I took a test where it actually splits you up by percentage of which house ha- which house you would be in, and I am Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff pretty evenly, followed by Gryffindor, and then Slytherin is the last. But I'm a full believer in hybrid houses. I really don't think that anyone is one house at one time. I think at different parts of our yeah. lives, we exemplify these different characteristics. But uh, I would call myself a raven puff. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of, I mean, it's kind of like, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with um, this old tradition of that Hogwarts has of putting people in these houses. Like, do people in different houses hang out with each other? It doesn't seem like it in the in the, in the series, you know. Yeah, I mean, like Harry dates Cho Chang, so she's a Ravenclaw. That was but... just a fling. That didn't mean anything. <laughs> but Harry yeah, it's knew it. like this: this school decides at age eleven your personality traits forever. Are you like yeah. once a Gryffindor, always a Gryffindor? Yeah, it's true. Could you change houses? I don't know. Is that a thing? I have never heard of it, and I haven't really <laughs> I read anything about it, but yeah, I think it's that's why hypotheses were created. Why, what is? I think that's why, like, the, the fan base created hybrid houses, so you can be oh, right, multiple yeah. houses, yeah. So what's the bad, be- why is it so bad to be in Slytherin? Um, the stigma, um, the, it, it actually, so... Voldemort was in it? Well, yeah, and at the beginning of the series, Hagrid tells Harry that every single bad witch and wizard comes from Slytherin, which is like a complete blatant lie. Um, There are a lot of good wizards that come from Slytherin, and uh, it's just that primarily the Death Eaters that Voldemort gathered came from Slytherin because those were his comrades when he was in Hogwarts. But, like, Peter Pettigrew was a Gryffindor, and he betrayed his best friends and got them killed in the name of Voldemort. So, um, yeah, Hagrid lied. Wow. Interesting. 
Yeah, but like we said before, Hagrid, you know, he's just one of those guys, you know, he get caught, gets caught in these situations, you know. He's, <laughs> yeah, a, good, he's no. a good guy by art, you know. You know, he's just Yeah, a, he's... <laughs> I don't know. He, he is kind of, yeah, I don't know. He's got, he's got his problems, apparently. Um, all right. I got a question for you. This is a big one, and I'm sure everyone wants to know our thoughts on this one. Topical. Have you heard about what J.K. Rowling said recently? Yeah, I think, um, so for our viewers listening, so our listeners listening, um, J.K. Rowling outed herself again as a TERF, so a trans-exclusionary radical feminist, in which she does not um, consider trans individuals to be valid in their identity. Um, And it's really harmful to the community in which she's created in her wizarding world, um, because a lot of different young people read these books and they see themselves in the characters and to have the author just completely invalidate their livelihood and experiences is like absolutely awful as someone who has this big of a following. Um, But I think it also shows that you can be an absolutely awful person, um, create something great and have to separate yourself from the series. I think that the, the, books really offer an opportunity to question a lot of different systemic structures in society. Um, And JK Rowling is one of those structures that we are now questioning. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I guess she can believe whatever she wants. It's just kind of like, I think she like has a responsibility. Like she, I don't know, like you have all these fans that like look up to you. I don't know. When you have such a following like that, and the thing is, she's. It sounds like she's very vocal on Twitter. Um, is what I've been seeing. I looked up her tweets. It looks like she is. I don't know. It, I just don't think it's. I don't know. I agree. And do. I. I mean, I think, why say it if it's just going to hurt all of your fans and like all these people who like um, see your book as an escape when maybe they don't feel comfortable. So, like, I don't know, maybe they just don't feel comfortable in their own skin and then they can go to this wizarding world. I don't know. It just, it just seems so hateful and so hurtful and I just really don't like it, I guess. Yeah, it's, um, it's really unfortunate that, that she did that. I think it's wonderful that both Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, and, and Emma Watson, who played Hermione Granger, have both made statements like directly against um, what J.K. Rowling has said about her beliefs. Um, so the fact that these actors and these characters are still validating these youth um, and even young adults and adults that she's invalidating, I think that that um, has, has been something nice. Yeah. Dang. Well, I mean, it, this isn't like the first time she's like just been outspoken about things. Like, I remember one, I, I don't know what exactly she said before, but I remember she said that, like, I don't know where, like, Dumbledore is gay. Um, yeah, which, I don't know. Which, which I'm, I'm obviously, hell yeah, Dumbledore is gay, hell yeah, like good for him, whatever. But like, I, I, it was like something like it was like years after the books came out, and like it didn't have to do with anything. It's just kind of like saying, oh yeah, like Dumbledore's gay. Um, it just seems like, I don't know. It's just like, like if you really, if he was gay, why don't you just like put it in the book? Like, I don't know. And it's like, it's like if George Lucas came out and just said, let now, oh, uh, Han Solo is gay. You know, 
people would be like, what? Like, it's like, so, I don't know. It just seems weird. I mean, obviously, I don't, if Dumbledore's gay, hell yeah, like, whatever. It just seems like a weird thing. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really interesting that she, like, says yes to these types of canons at way like after the books are printed yeah um one of the weird ones that she did was that um apparently wizards would just like crap their pants and, and <laughs> use magic to get rid of it until muggles created plumbing in which then the wizards were able to use bathrooms and it's like <laughs> why why is that necessary to approve and also <laughs> what she just like say this like she just like tweeted some, some fan made it up and jk rowling was like yes i accept it and approve it it's part of the wizarding world but also the thing is about hogwarts is that muggle technology cannot work in hogwarts as said twice in the book series so if they installed yeah. plumbing in hogwarts it doesn't work like what is <laughs> it's these plot holes coming in i mean i don't I don't know. These these just seem ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're ridiculous. She's she, rolling is ridiculous. Like I don't know. I think she's just bored in a way. Like she's just like her. The books are over. Like she's. I think she just still wants to ride on this Harry Potter train. Like um, she's like a freaking millionaire. Like she's like rolling a dough. Like you know she can do whatever right. she wants. But she like is probably bored and is, like still wants this like attention. You know thing. I don't. I don't really know her very well. I, I haven't looked very much into her, but you haven't seen her up recently. It just seems weird, you know. Not, I mean, we're not. She, we're not that close. I mean, like, um, you know, her agent wanted to be to, uh, wanted her on the show, you know, and I said I don't know if I want her on Mub Club, you know, but you know, <laughs> you know what? We'll JK think about needs it. <laughs> J.K. Rowling needs to pull a Star Wars. So uh, George Lucas created Star Wars. I'm pretty sure that's him. And then he gave the world over to his fans, and now there's an entire universe that people are able to create stories in, whereas J.K. Rowling has kept it as Harry Potter, um, and now she's kind of expanded it to, um, what's it, the magical beasts, fantastic beasts. Yeah. Um, but if she, if she like, let go of her whole, of her tight grip on Harry Potter, so many new creations, and we would learn about so many different characters in the wizarding world, like, there are wizarding schools all over the world that we don't really know about and how the different cultures could take place and how we would learn so much, but she's just got such a tight grip on the series. Yeah, she probably wants all that creative control. and um... Even though her creativity sucks, <laughs> it was good, and you now think it's... so? So, I mean, okay, so what are your thoughts on the Fantastic Beast series? Um, uh, Once again, it offers so many plot holes like the fact that McGonagall is in the movie 27 years before she's born like why is she there how does that really work and also how did Dumbledore go from like a strapping gray suit individual and then I think it's like seven years later turn into this frivolous purple robe with a really long beard like it doesn't her timelines don't match up it's like she stopped doing her own research do you think that do you think she's just being lazy? Like, I think she's doing it for the money. Yeah, probably. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I mean, like, I mean, she probably. I don't really know too much about her background, but uh, I mean, if you think about like these these struggling artists or these struggling authors like, trying to get published with these stories, uh, especially back then. 
before like the internet and everything. I mean, it was probably such a struggle. I mean, like you have this amazing story in your mind and, um, you're just like, you labor over this thing and, um, I don't know, she probably get, finally gets a book deal and then it just like takes off. Like, I don't know. You're hungry. You know, at, at first you're probably like just starting trying to, you know, pay for a meal. And then all of a sudden you're like a millionaire. Like that's so, it's like a yeah. rock, it's like a rock star story. You know what I mean? It's crazy. That's quite literally what happened to JK Rowling. She was, she wrote the first two chapters, uh, maybe two, maybe it was one or three um, chapters of Harry Potter and the, uh, Sorcerer's Stone, but at the time it was Philosopher's Stone um, on a restaurant napkin and then brought it to a publisher who was like, yes, I want to see more of this. What? Really? So it doesn't seem that... She wrote two chapters on a restaurant napkin. Yeah, don't How don't me on the amount of chapters, but okay. she wrote it on a restaurant napkin and How do you brought fit to... two chapters on a restaurant napkin? Holy cow. Uh, maybe it was napkins, multiple... What the fuck? That sounds ridiculous. She didn't have any paper. That's the she sound- <laughs> was dirt poor. Well, I guess if you think about it, I mean, we're, we're in an age where we all have iPhones and we can just, like, you know, type something up. But, yeah, back then, it's not like they just had paper, like, lying around all the time. So that makes sense. All right. Okay. I'll believe it. I'll believe the story. That's amazing. So she brought this fucking napkin to this publisher, and he's like, yes, I'm in. Yeah. Let's do it starving author over here let's do it interesting yeah i mean if you think about the first couple chapters of the series she does a really lot of great imagery and world building of this like really uh of that child who is like really down on his luck and then he learns that he's like more powerful and more special than what he's always believed to be so like that was that was a concept in a in a book that hadn't really made it big so this publisher was probably like hell yeah It obviously worked out, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. All right, speaking of the Rockstar story, here's a question that I thought up of. um, Actually, shout out to Matt Jetsky who thought of this question. We we kind of thought of it together. But, um, so, if you, if all the characters in Harry Potter were in a band, like, who would play each instrument? What would the band be called? All of the characters of Harry Potter, there's like... It doesn't have to be all of them. You could pick certain ones to be in the band. You know what I mean? Um, so of the trio, I would say Hermione would probably play the bass. Um, she would have that like cool rocker bass vibe going on. Yeah. Ron would probably be on the drums. Uh, yeah. Ron or Hagrid on the drums, really. No, sure. I'm going to put Hagrid as lead vocals and we'll put Harry as lead guitar. Um... What would their band name be? Ah, that's a really tough one. I'd want to come up with something like super creative, like um, like Guitardium. No, maybe not. That sounds awful. Uh, Diagonally. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. Um. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, I always I thought, um, what's the the guy in Slytherin who's like their age? Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. He, um, I, I think that he looks, at least that actor, looks like the guy, the kid in School of Rock who plays the drums, you know? Ooh, yeah. So I immediately think he plays drums, so. I could also picture him with, like, 
a pair of Beats headphones on, just like on a synthesizer, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the capability to be uh, a witch or wizard I would 100% go to Hogwarts and like train to be the best that I could yeah I mean do you have a choice huh if you're a wizard I mean like you get the letter but like there are are other schools right yeah there are other schools we we learn about two other schools in book four um, the Bobatons from France and Durmstrang from Germany. And, uh, yeah, so although Hogwarts is, like, widely known to and considered to be the best, but that's never actually fact-checked because we don't know about any other schools. But in Fantastic Beasts, I think that takes place at a, a wizarding school in the United States. Um, you know, I've actually never seen Fantastic Beasts. Would you, do you think I should watch it? Um, great cinematography, beautiful creatures, but (laughs) don't be too invested in the plot. Okay. I feel like I kind of have to see them. I mean, yeah, go for it. Okay. I will. I'll let you know (laughs) how it goes. The first one is way better than the second one. Really? Um... Okay, that's interesting. It's good to know. Are they gonna put make more? Are they because they're books, aren't they? Um. So, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is a textbook in the Harry Potter universe. Um. So, I think J.K. Rowling is coming out with more editions of different textbooks that she mentioned in the universe. But I don't know if she, I don't know if there's gonna be another Fantastic Beasts. I think it's set up for there to be a third, but um, I, clearly I'm not that invested. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll make a third. Money's there, you know. And I'm sure as long as we're alive, Harry Potter content will be coming out. Probably. I can't imagine is... a world where that wouldn't happen. To be honest. Yeah, I agree. Someone wants the money, and it's gonna happen. You know. Yeah, especially with the uh, with Universal Studios in Florida having like a Wizarding World that you can walk through as like people as we are. That's that's gonna be popular for a really long time. I know it's like um, Game of Thrones guy. What's that guy's name? Game of Thrones guy, like the, Kit Harrington. The guy who no, the guy who wrote it. Oh, uh, George R. R. Yeah. Well, he's always kind of weird about, um, like, once he dies, like, not having any more uh, Game of Thrones, right? But I think, he, like, I think he's like been on record saying that. But the thing is, like. When he dies, they're totally going to keep it Game of Thrones stuff, I think. Yeah, some lawyers are going to find a loophole or something yeah, and figure out how to... Uh... I mean, the thing is, like, think about all, like, the art out that's been, like, been put out there and uh, from artists who are, like... Like, Prince. Prince is a good example. Prince um, was never on any uh, streaming services. He was always... Um, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is, really, but... Um, 
when he died, like all of his music came out, and like you know that's not what he would have wanted. Like it's right. it, it's just like whoever is in charge of his estate or whatever is like, okay, like we want we want that money now. <laughs> you know, it's like screw your feelings, dead guy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that's feelings exactly don't, feelings don't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, but you know, J.K. Rowling obviously has a lot of opinions too. So, too <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's just yeah. But um, all right, I got. I have another question for you. Um, have you been to the Harry Potter theme park? I have not, but actually, like two or three weeks ago during um, quarantine times, I was looking into like a Groupon because I'm sure that it's going to be pretty cheap after quarantine. Um, yeah, so I started planning a trip. It's gonna it's gonna take a while Where to. Where is it? Is it in Florida? It's in... Yeah, it's it's right near Orlando. Disney World in Florida. It's it's Universal, right? Yeah, Universal Studios. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's probably really fun. Um, that would be. A awesome trip yeah the and it's like way less crowded than disney world is so you actually don't have to like wait in line super long for the rides and um just being able to walk through like diagon alley and like you get to choose your wand if you want to and um there's like secret passwords that you can tell the different staff members to get different experiences that's uh they've done a really good job creating it that's really cool i you know i really respect that um those those theme parks that recreate those worlds because um, i mean from the pictures i've seen it looks pretty spot on to what the movies look like um, right yeah. yeah and that's really what they're going for i think i mean they probably have like rides and stuff but um i think ultimately why people want to be there isn't to just be on like a harry potter ride it's to be in the world of harry potter um but uh i would love to go sometime um yeah, we'll go right after we go to Alaska. Yes, we'll do both. We'll do both in uh, one week. That'd be sick. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's make it two weeks. I guess it's they're they're totally on the opposite sides of the USA, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd go That's corner hilarious. to corner. I would love it. Um, I feel like going to like Disney World and all that. It's like totally, it'd be totally fun as in like your twenties, but like. I feel like it's probably better to go when you have, like, a kid, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Disney World is definitely aimed towards entertaining kids, but, but Universal Studios, I think, would be, like, really great as a, a 20-something-year-old. Yeah. I mean, if you, I don't know, are you into roller coasters? I love roller coasters. Heck yeah, me too. I used to be so scared of them, but, but then, like, I remember I went on this one, I went on the Aerosmith ride, with, like, the band, they have a roller coaster i guess i think it was at universal studios and i remember like i was so freaked out to go on it <laughs> and um like uh i remember like the, it just shot you like like you sit in the seat and it's like ready to rock and it goes Pew! and it like shoots you <laughs> out you're like music blasting in your ears and i remember like i walked into the room because there's like an indoor roller coaster I walked into the room where they like you sit they sit the down sit you down and i remember like just seeing the thing just shoot out and i was like I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going on that thing. And I was like a kid. And then, like, uh, like my cousin made me do it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And I, like, strapped in, and I closed my eyes for, like, half of the whole thing. Like, I didn't even want to look. But then I opened what? my eyes, and then I was like, wait, this is actually awesome. 
<laughs> and then like immediately, <laughs> and immediately I was above with roller coasters, just like that. My uh, my first roller coaster experience was at Six Flags in Gurney, uh, the Raging Bull, and it is oh definitely my God. still That's my the first favorite roller coaster, coaster you've ever gone on. And it was amazing. What a that wonderful is a terrifying coaster. first roller coaster to go on. Oh, I thought it was great. That but first my drop is, is like insane. Yeah, that that like false drop that they have right at the beginning. My issue is is that uh, my glasses don't really stay on my face when I'm on roller coasters that go upside down, so I have to take them off, which means that I can't like see all the really cool sights. So it's yeah. like a lot more of a sensory experience than it is like a sight experience. You should get some goggles. <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, I'll but when some- when we go to Universal together, we'll we'll make sure you get some goggles for the rides. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a great plan. Yeah, well, it looks like Brandy is also in. Shout out to Andrew Brandell. He says he's in for the, the trip. Hell yeah. Um, sweet, it's happening. Um, all right, have you ever had butterbeer? I have not. I've looked up a couple of recipes on it, and it it doesn't look like it takes a lot of ingredients. Um, but, yeah, I think that my first butterbeer will be when we're in Universal Studios. Yeah, I think that, yeah, they, is it alcoholic? Uh, there's both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Oh, okay. I'm gonna get the alcoholic. So, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I'm <just> I don't know. <laughs> um, that's interesting. What is it supposed to taste like? Like, butter beer? Is it like buttery beer? Um, I imagine, oh, gosh, I, you would think that it would be that way. I think it's supposed to be like a, a thicker, uh, like beer type ingredient, but I think that like the main, uh, the main flavor in it is cream soda. That sounds pretty good. That sounds yeah, it, like what it looks like in the movies at least. Yeah. I imagine that like it's a, it's Wait. cream soda, some sort of alcohol. Um, and then they've got like it all has like that foam stuff on top. So they, they probably mix some cream into it too, to get it all foamy. Is it alcoholic in the movies? Um, not when the kids are drinking it, but when the adults are, it is. Yeah. Well, what don't they, aren't, when they go get old enough, they go to, what is it, Hogsmeade? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's Hogsmeade. Oh, yeah, I freaking remember that. That's awesome. They go to Hogsmeade because then they're old enough, and um, I guess that doesn't have anything to do with drinking. It's just like, once you're old enough, you can go hang out and that. Yeah, I have no legal idea what town. the what the legal age limit in the Wizarding World is. Like, is it is it eleven when they go to school? Is it fourteen when they go to Hogsmeade, or do they have to wait until they're twenty one? Like, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, also, shout out to okay. So in the chat, I asked everyone uh, any good Harry Potter band names. You came up with a really good one. I like Tom Riddle and the Heartbreakers. It's a good one. I thought you'd like that one. That yeah, I just good. need some time to think about it. Um, then Andrew Brandell said, Fantastic Beats. Nice. Fantastic Beats and Where They Grind Them. Nice. Um, what is Weird Sisters? Tell me so, what that is. Weird Sisters is an actual band. It's like the popular band in the pop culture of of Harry Potter's generation at Hogwarts. And at one of their balls later on in the series, like their dances, uh, they have the Weird Sisters come and play. Oh, yeah, that was pretty rock and roll. I love that. Yeah, they play a lot different music in the books than they did in the movies, but I think that makes sense why they chose that creative decision. 
But uh, yeah, it made sense for the movie. It, um, I think people could relate to it a lot more, like um, us kids, you know. Yeah, I agree. I thought that that ball scene was, um, you know, you. I mean, we were growing. I mean, how old were we when that came out? Like, we were probably like just going through puberty, and then just kind of like figuring out the whole like, <laughs> you know. Man, yeah. female, you know, interactions. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, so I related to that scene a lot, apparently. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, would you uh, would you put on a powder blue suit for the Yule Ball? Like the one that uh, um, Ron wears? Yeah. You know, I actually would. I thought it was, I, I, I'm actually big into ruffles. Um, I have one ruffle shirt, and I think it's so awesome. I want more. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I didn't, I like the ruffle shirt he has. The rest is kind of like a little too fancy for me. Though. Yeah, and an underrated uh, outfit from that scene was Draco Malfoy's. Like, he looked strapping and dapper. Really? He did not get, like, 15 seconds of airtime. Yeah, they that his costume was, like, stunning. Really? But, yeah, you have to, like, really dig on Google to find it. Had to dig on Google, huh? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Big fan of the fourth movie. I don't know. I feel like it doesn't really have to do with the like. It's just the whole movie is just kind of like um, the whole or the book. I guess it's just kind of thrown in there, you know. And then at the end, there's that big you know reveal that Voldemort's alive. But you know, I, I like it. It's kind of like uh, its own little. Um, it's like in a TV show or something where it kind of gets away from, like, the main story and it's just, like, this one little story in the main thing. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, the the Yule Ball's intent was to for, allow the students to have, like, a mixer at the end of the tournament so that they could, like, mix and mingle with students from the other schools. Right. Yeah, I think, well, what's cool about that that movie is it really shows you the potential of the Harry Potter franchise uh, in the universe um, and how they could really expand it, like you were, you were talking before. Like, there's so many different, uh, like, you could have, like, a TV show just about a whole different school in the universe. Right, absolutely. You know? um, yeah, and that would be, uh, people would eat that shit up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I the possibilities absolutely. are endless. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm running out of questions and things to say about Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> what do you? Um, oh, I got one. I got one. I got one. I want to talk about the plot holes of Harry Potter. Yeah. I, okay. I, uh, you know, I'm sure you. It sounded like you had a lot, uh, and I'm very curious to see what those are. Right. So, like, we we get that J.K. Rowling has some controversial thoughts and that she had this like wonderful idea for this world and universe, but like it's pretty clear that she doesn't really follow through fully on all of her ideas and concepts. Um, so here are some plot holes in Harry Potter. So do you know the Marauders map, Matt? Um, that's where. Yeah, I. It's like a map. You can see like footsteps, right? 
something like that. Right. So <laughs> Fred and George Weasley, they yes. they like steal the Marauders map from Filch's office, uh, like early in their career at uh, Hogwarts, and. So in, in book three, we find out that Ron's pet rat that he's had with him for the last 12 years um, is actually Peter Pettigrew, who has transformed himself into a rat. And on the Marauders map, you see all of the names of where everybody is located. So why did Fred and George Weasley allow their brother to sleep next to Peter Pettigrew for years? And Harry, too, because they ended up turning the map over to Harry why didn't Harry see Peter Pettigrew's name on the map as always next to Ron? Yeah. Yeah, because it was his rat, Ron's rat, right? Yeah, yeah. He, like, what became their family rat when he went into hiding. And he, Peter Pettigrew is the person who killed, who got Harry's parents killed and was helping the Death Eaters so... get back how do you know it would say that on the map, I guess? Um, because it it's the the way that the map is set up, it would list it, everybody's names. And later on in the series, it, in that book, actually, book three, you see Harry sees Peter Pettigrew's name on the map in different areas. It's just not next to Ron. So, like, why wouldn't he see it when he's next to Ron but see Peter Pettigrew roaming around the castle later on? Oh, yeah, you're right. That, is, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, come on, JK. Um, and then there's there's the one that Andrew had mentioned earlier in the chat. So um, earlier in the show, we talked about how the Horcruxes um, were Voldemort's way of keeping himself alive. So Harry, Ron, and Hermione learned that in order to fully kill Voldemort, they have to... Um, go and kill all of the Horcruxes. And in the end of the seventh book, we find out that Harry himself is a Horcrux. And um, earlier in book two, when Harry is in the Chamber of Secrets, we learn that um, that uh, the, the venom from that huge snake, uh, the basilisk venom, kills Horcruxes. And Harry, in that book, was bit by the basilisk. So why didn't the horcrux that was inside of Harry die when he was bit by this venom that kills horcruxes? Yeah, huh. Yeah, that's a... That's a the, the rebuttal well, for... Was, well, it was like a tooth, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the, the venom that comes out of the tooth. Yeah, so when he stabs that book, right? Yes, that's okay. he kills that book, which is a Horcrux. Right, but, but um, Harry's also a Horcrux. Is that how, is that why the book dies because it's a, because of the venom? Yeah, because of the venom. Okay, right. All right, that makes sense. Um, and he he does get like what the, when he's like oh yeah when he's stabbing the basilisk with the sword right and he gets like the tooth kind of hits his arm or whatever. Yeah, he yeah. it like pierces his skin and he has a a puncture wound. See, this is like one of those things that I feel like J.K. Rowling would respond to and just be like, "Well, this, you know, like it would just she could make anything up." You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think J.K. Rowling has responded to that one, but fans have come through and said that 
um, Fox, which was uh, Dumbledore's Phoenix, who was helping Harry in that scene, then cried onto his wound, which would then heal and keep the Horcrux alive. But, like, I mean, that's just a Band-Aid for this massive plot hole. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. That's, honestly... I don't know, that might be good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's that big of a deal. <laughs> I think the I think the Marauders map one is a bigger deal. You think which one's a bigger deal? The one with the Marauders map and the Oh yeah, like Fred and George Weasley letting their yeah, brother that, with Peter yeah. Pettigrew. That one seems a little I don't know. You can't really explain that one too too much, but Yeah. Um so here's another plot hole. Um, there's this serum in the wizarding community called Veritas Serum, which when, when Dranken forces whoever drinks, drank it to only be able to tell the truth, um, in the Ministry of Magic claims that it is an extremely controlled substance, but yet the Death Eaters and dark magic people are like using it all the time to, to like satiate their needs and the truth telling. But, like, if they have this serum that forces people to tell the truth, A, why was Sirius Black in Azkaban when he was completely innocent? And B, why do, why are wizard trials even a thing? Can't they just have the perpetrator drink the Veritas serum to be like, did you do it or not? And either they did or they didn't. Right. Is it 100% like work every time? It's 100%. Like, it does, it's really. Magic. Right, it's magic. You know, this is like one of those things. All right, you know, it's not like in a movie, like I don't know, freaking Braveheart or something. You know, you know where you, you know, you could explain like how did that guy jump from there to there? That's way too far, you know, because it's in like a real life situation. But like in this, it's like you could be like it's magic. You know, it's like you you can't really like um, compare real life to magic. You know what I mean? <laughs> So it's like right. how do how do we know what magic is? How do we how do we judge like what this potion can do? Like I mean the like, book I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we'd have to trust the book in that one. And like the ministry claims that it's physically harmless. So why why are they not utilizing it more? Right. There must be a I lot of politics that go into this that they don't uh, they don't talk about movies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That so that one isn't as big of a plot hole as it just is. Like J.K., are you thinking through your your plot devices and elements? Like, did you did you think that one through? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> one of my uh, one of my favorite theories about the whole plot hole debates is that Voldemort actually cares about Hogwarts students and their their learning because he only attacks at the end of the school year. Uh, you know what? I like that one. Yeah, that's kind of, it's a sweeter one, but that's not a plot hole. It's just like, I don't know, it might be true. Yeah, that's just a, a, a theory. Um, but can you imagine, like, Matt, if you got your your Hogwarts letter the same year as Harry, and you're just like a gung ho student in Hogwarts, and you like progressively learn that as every year, every May, school is just going to go to complete shit, and you're going to have to like fight for your life? I would not go to, I wouldn't go. Fuck that. I'd go to one <laughs> of the other schools. Oh, it's the best class. school. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to die going to school. Like, everyone, people should feel safe going to school. 
And people should feel safe going to school in real life, too. You know, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree that that we need to take uh, we need to take better and more particular measures in protecting our youth in schools nowadays. But uh, in the wizarding world, if I was one of Harry's classmates, I'd just be like, oh, no, May is coming up. Yeah, I mean, did, so did the, did the students have to fight at the end? No, um, they were just they, they were just gone by that point. Is what you're saying? Uh, there were some students that so there were in the later in the series there were a couple big battles and Harry had formed what was called Dumbledore's army, which was teaching Hogwarts students from all of the houses uh, defense against the dark arts that they weren't actually learning in class. Um, and more advanced skills as well, because Voldemort was gaining power and was going to attack the school, so he wanted everyone to be prepared. So it ended up like Slytherins kind of took the side of the the Death Eaters and Voldemorts and, and attacked the school. Um, Hufflepuffs remained loyal to the Gryffindors and stood by and battled with, and Ravenclaws individually made the decision to either stay or leave school. And that's kind of how the houses broke down into who fought and who didn't. That explains why I'm a Ravenclaw. I would probably do the same thing. I'd, I'd like to make my own decisions. Um, but yeah, that is that is interesting. Um, yeah, I, I would go home. I wouldn't want to fight. That's for sure. Um, dang. I, I had something really good to say. Oh, I just forgot it. But anyway, that, that's crazy, man. Um, Harry Potter, spoiler alert, survives, wins in the end. Um, and uh, he does man, die though. Well, kind of. He dies. Doesn't like then, a part of him die or something? Uh, yeah, the Horcrux part of him dies, but then uh, Dumbledore meets him in death and says, "You can, you, you have the right to choose whether you want to go back and live a second chance, or if you want to like stay here and and you, because he fought so hard and for so long, if right. he wanted to stay." Dumbledore just has that magical powers. Yeah, he just like well, it was it was only part of Harry that died, so it was his uh, soul's ability to choose whether he stayed. But it was just like Voldemort dropping a huge truth bomb on Harry. Yeah, interesting. And by that I, I mean Dumbledore dropping a huge truth bomb. Right, that he's gay. <laughs> That's what he said, right? Yeah, he was like Harry. Now that you know this about me, make your decision. <laughs> I'm not going back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, and he uh, marries um, Ginny, right? Yeah, Ron's younger sister. And he names his kids the like worst combination. Oh, yeah. He does, doesn't he? First, oh. he doesn't even honor Hagrid, who was also a pseudo-parental figure in his life. And one of like the people who took care of him the most, like most he doesn't even Hagrid. Instead, he chooses to honor Severus Snape, who was this like creepy individual who bullied students, who stalked his mom, but yet he was like the bravest man he ever knew. Like, come on, Harry, yeah, make come decisions. On. Yeah, I don't know. I always thought that relationship with Snape was weird because it was like. He's like, I'm just trying to protect you, but it's also a total asshole to you your whole life. Like, I don't know. Name, you, I mean, like, whatever, but, like, I'm sure there's other, you know, 
figures in your life that are better than that, right? Like, yeah. But you're not gonna name your kid Hagrid. Like, who's gonna name their kid Hagrid? You could pull Hagrid. You know, it's short for Hagrid Hag. <laughs> or grid. Yeah, grid. If, uh, hey, grid. Dinner time. Yeah, that's kind of cool. If uh, if Severus can be a middle name, Hagrid could definitely be a middle name. Yeah, Severus. Who wants to be called Severus? These names are terrible. Severus. I Zeb, am gonna Sevi? tweet at J.K. Rowling that you said that. Let's yeah. see what she says. Tell Matt Kennett from Hip Dad Radio is calling you out. Calling you out, uh, J.K. You know what? Uh, I dare you to come on to Mub Club and uh, we'll talk. <laughs> We'll yeah, JK, we dare you to confront us. Yeah, call in right now. We'll, we'll talk. I can't wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, good books, good movies. I don't know. I got That's all I got for you. Do you have anything else? <laughs> um, I mean, I could talk about Harry Potter for days, really. But <laughs> yeah. uh, here's, here's one final question for you. Oh, yeah. If you were to join the Quidditch team... Which position oh. would you play? Your options are the Chasers. We didn't they even play talk with... about Quidditch. Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Quidditch, Matt. You're, so you can be a Chaser. They play with the Quaffle and try to get points. You could be a Beater. They play with the Bludgers, and they, they like, throw those huge bl- Bludgers to, like, knock people off their brooms for distraction. There's the Seeker that gets the Snitch, and then the Keeper, who's the goalie. So which position would you be? None of those fucking positions matter. The only thing that matters is the Seeker. There, there are games that are won. Uh, I think they're even like a legendary game in the book where the snitch was caught, but the other team won because they had more points anyway. Well, how, what is it? It's like it gives you like a lot of points. Yeah, it gives you 150 points. Oh, okay. But like, okay, so like it rarely happens or something. They got to redesign uh, this game. The the only way to end the game is by catching the snitch. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense then. So it's just like a lot of points. All right. They always make it sound like you get it, you win, like kind of a thing. So that's usually the case because adding 150 points to your score is usually going to make you win by a landslide unless your team sucks so much that the other team has like 500 points already. So you get the snitch and you only have 150. Such a weird concept. Yeah, there are situations like that. (laughs) I feel like if I was in any of those other positions, I'd be like, why the hell am I doing this? Like, can anyone catch the snitch? It doesn't have to be the the, seek, the seeker. I actually don't know, which is surprising because I started a Quidditch team in high school. Um, I think it's the seeker that can only catch the snitch. That would make sense. Um, huh. I always wondered, like, I mean, like, uh, would it be easy to see everything that's going on if you're at a game? I think it depends on the weather. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, seeks... obviously in the, show, in the movie they see it. Yeah, the snitch literally goes, like, almost anywhere. I think for the most part it stays in the arena, but it also can exit the arena. So the seeker can be circling up top and just, like, waiting to catch that glimpse of gold, whereas all of the other players are playing in the arena the whole time. Right. Um... Freaking crazy. Quidditch, um, I remember I played, uh, there was a GameCube game that was just Quidditch. Yeah, Andrew, I have it. Yeah, that Um, was actually a fun game. The multiplayer version is called Queer Ditch. What? Yeah, if you play play a single player, it's Quidditch, but if you're playing with 
two or more people, it's queer ditch. Just a weird fact right there. What is a weird fact? Do you think they, they, they weren't, you know, maybe they weren't thinking or maybe they I were don't... thinking. Maybe they want, they were like, this is a great idea. Yeah, I think they were looking for a way to differentiate it. And like the intern was like, I have this wonderful idea. And everyone was like, yeah, we're going to call it Queer Ditch. Yeah, for Dumbledore. That intern. Good idea, man. Um, Dang, we should, you know, do you guys have that game? I feel like you guys would have that game. Yeah, we absolutely do, and you should come over and play it. Hell yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, I miss you guys. I haven't seen you guys in forever. It's crazy. It has been way too long. Are we going to see you on Friday? Um, yeah, what are you, oh, to the, are you going to the protest on Friday? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I was probably going to go. Um, Sweet. Where is it? I haven't really talked uh, about I it. I believe it's the Lakeview one we're going to. Oh. Is it start at, um, oh, okay, cool. When does it start? It's, uh, Wait, five tomorrow, to... Friday. Oh, yeah, like, literally. <laughs> I just realized that was tomorrow, too. <laughs> okay. Um, it starts when? Uh, it starts at five o'clock, but we're probably gonna oh, get there early. That's perfect. Well, I get off work at four, so I could probably make that easy. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, so I guess I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Sweet. Cool, yeah, and, um you guys feel uh safe enough to go and join us um yeah we'd love to see you um black lives matter they absolutely do yeah um yeah um but yeah i don't know um glad we can change the world hopefully see what happens yeah we gotta we gotta (laughs) keep this ball rolling we do Um, we really do i um Historically, change has taken months to to occur, so we have to keep going. Yeah, seriously, I think I think um, it's just important to know that, like, no matter who you are, like, you're you have a voice, and just by being there um, and the, just being present there and like says something, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's why I do this Hip Dead Radio thing. I think everyone has a voice and uh, deserves to change the world if they can with it. So, hopefully for the better, you know? <laughs> yes, <the> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hell yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be there. Um, oh, dude, I went to one on, like, like, what was it? I think it was um, a week ago I went to one and on Thursday. And um, it was in Lincoln, started in Lincoln Park High School. And we walked, Matt said we walked 10 miles. Wow. Which is a lot of walking. I got like blisters on my feet. It was, um, I mean, it was such a powerful experience. It was amazing. Um, But yeah, a lot of walking. Um, I was exhausted afterwards. uh, Yeah, make sure you wear better shoes tomorrow. Yeah, plan on it. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna be walking so um heck yeah all right well i guess that's it that's mob club sorry to get to play a bunch of your songs we were talking too much yeah that's okay next time yeah um also hedwig's theme is pretty sick we'll close it off with hedwig's theme how about that awesome thank um, you everyone for coming and listening tonight uh and listening to me talk about harry potter 
Um, it has been wonderful being able yeah. to share all of this with y'all. Yeah, and thank well, you for having me. Of course. Thank you for being on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of Mug Club. We've had a great conversation this week uh, with Marlene. Harry Potter, so much goes into it uh, with the movies, the books, the games, the trading cards, the jelly beans. Oh my God, I love Harry Potter. Um, but yeah, uh, you can listen to this show live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. on our Twitch channel. <clears throat> yeah, it's really fun because you can like chat in the chat room. You can call in and be a part of the conversation. Um, yeah, it's really fun. Uh, but yeah, we do different things every single week. Sometimes I'm just playing music. Sometimes I have a guest on. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but thanks for supporting Hip Dad Radio. You guys rock. We'll see you next week.